Now, our reading this morning is continuing our series looking at the month of prayer. And we are in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 11, uh, and verses 1 through to 13. And that's going to be read this morning by Mary Miller. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, Even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened which of you fathers if your son asks for a fish will give him a snake instead or if he asks for an egg will you give him a scorpion if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give the holy spirit to those who ask him. Amen. And may God bless to our hearts understanding this reading from his word. And to his name be all glory and honour and praise. Now, if you do have your Bible there, please do turn back to Luke chapter 11 as we look at this passage uh, this morning. Now this morning uh, obviously marks the final Sunday for our month of prayer, Uh, although obviously tomorrow marks uh, the final day. I hope that you have been praying uh, during this month. I hope that you've been using uh, the prayer guide, uh, that you've seen some of the videos that have been online. And a big thank you to Duncan, uh, who has done the word for the week. Uh, He's up uh, every Wednesday uh, as well. Hopefully you've engaged with Uh, some of these things. Now, of course, just because we have finished the month of prayer doesn't mean that we stop praying, does it? Hopefully you were praying before the month of prayer. Hopefully you're going to continue praying after the month of prayer. Really, the hope is that this month will have been a springboard for us to pray and to fervently pray, to seek after the Lord Because we recognize that things are difficult. Things are difficult in the church. Things are difficult in the church of Scotland. Uh, Things are challenging, uh, even in the church here in West Kilbride. 
Now, during this month, we, we have been praying, of course, for the church. We've been praying for the church locally and nationally. We've also been praying for ourselves, haven't we? To be revived in our faith. And we've also been praying for, for two people during this month. Hopefully you've been doing that. Praying for just two people during this month. To pray for them. That they might too come to faith in the Lord Jesus. And we need to, to keep praying. But what's important for us to remember is that prayer and action often come together. In fact, they always come together. You see, sometimes we can have the mistaken view that, that when we pray, and especially when we pray for people to come to faith, that God will just zap them. You know, we pray for someone, that they're zapped, and that's it, job done. Now, God could do that. We must never doubt the sovereignty of God. But the fact is that in Scripture, God calls us to be part of his mission. Now, I don't quite understand that. That's quite something, isn't it, when you think of it? God is so almighty, God is sovereign, and yet he calls James McNay in West Kilbride to be part of his mission. And he calls you too. That's quite something, isn't it? What can I add to what God is doing? But we are God's hands and feet here on earth. And we are called to proclaim the gospel, to share the good news. And we have that commission, don't we? To go and to make disciples. And that's why, following our month of prayer, we are, in November, moving to our month of invitation. And the idea behind this is to invite people to what's on in the church. And there's plenty on now. Tomorrow, tomorrow is, okay, it's the prayer, but really we could start early, light party tomorrow. We of course have our Sunday morning services, including Adventure Kids, and I'm hoping on the 20th of November that we will have a special service where we can invite people to. It'll be a special service on the Sunday morning. But we could invite people to the evening service. We have an evening service once a month. We have one next Sunday, 7 o'clock. We could invite people to Messy Church. That's on the 12th of November. How about an invite to the Tear Fund Quiz on the 26th of November? No, no, no. Don't invite them to the Tear Fund Quiz. It's not happening by the look of it. Okay. I think we could still do something, could we not? No. New Year. Okay. In the new year, invite them to the Tear Fund Quiz when we actually, actually do it. How about the men's group? We have a meeting uh, coming up with the men's group, um, which uh, should be exciting. There's posters out, or there was a poster out uh, just in the lower hall. To rendezvous, to the warm hub, lots of opportunities to invite people and to ask them to come along. All we have to do is ask. Sometimes we're just afraid to ask, aren't we? All we're asking you to do during this month is just to ask. So let's keep praying, let's keep asking God, and let's get asking people. Now, this morning is our last thinking about prayer. And today we are thinking about uh, this passage in Luke chapter 11 uh, that incorporates Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer. 
But really what I want to focus on today is, is not the Lord's Prayer. I really want to focus uh, on the parable after the prayer and then the explanation that we find in verses 9 through to 13. Now to give us some context first of all, in verse 1 uh, in Luke chapter 11, we see that Jesus is praying. And we have seen over these last number of weeks that this is the pattern. That even though Jesus is God's Son, that He prays. He's often found in prayer. He goes away by Himself on a mountainside and He prays. And if Jesus is the Son of God and He prays, then we too should also pray. And the disciples have clearly been watching Jesus. Remember, they are His closest followers And they spend three years with Jesus. And we don't know quite how far through Jesus' ministry uh, this was. But we see that they've been watching Jesus. They see what he does and they see how he prays. And I heard Ross say to you last week when he was taking the service here that the disciples didn't ask Jesus how to preach. But they did ask him how to pray. And so Jesus gives them the pattern. This is how you pray. He gives them the Lord's Prayer. Now, what I want to focus on today is what comes after Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer today. Because Jesus then goes on, after saying, Luke, this is the pattern as to how to pray, he then goes on to tell the disciples this parable. And the parable concerns a man He goes to a friend because another friend has come unexpectedly to stay. Are you following that so far? A friend who goes to a friend because a friend has come. Yes? I'm sure in some ways we know that scenario, don't we? When we're just getting on with our life and then suddenly someone drops in to see us. And usually the first panic is, oh no, I've not hoovered or I've not cleaned the house or whatever it might be. Oh, I need to get to the bathrooms to make sure they're clean. But, but then we have to make sure, you know, do we have any food for this person? Do we have any hospitality to give to them? Now, nowadays, if, if someone drops in us unexpectedly, what do we do? We quickly nip out to the co-op or, or the spa or the candy bar. Though in the story, notice that the friend comes to this other friend at midnight. So the shops even if they had them in those days, wouldn't be open anyway. So what does this man do when this friend comes who's looking for hospitality and he's got nothing to give him? Well, he goes to another friend, doesn't he? And he asks for three loaves of bread. Now, it's midnight. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not a night owl. I tend to go to bed before midnight. And clearly this friend is already in bed. The children are settled And because they're in bed and someone's knocking at their door, they think, oh, I'm not going to help. You might think that's what the friend who's sleeping would do, that they wouldn't help this other friend. But Jesus says that though the friend who's been approached to get the bread might not get up because of friendship and give him the loaves that he needs, that because of the first friend's shameless audacity, that he will give his friend the loaves that he needs. Now, 
I love that phrase, shameless audacity. If you get nothing out of this sermon today, remember that phrase, shameless audacity. Now, what does it mean? Well, I I guess it means that, that despite it being an inhospitable hour, despite it being midnight, that this man is willing to go and ask anyway. You see, I wonder in our lives whether sometimes we are afraid to ask God. Are we afraid to ask God? And either we're afraid to ask God because we don't believe He can help, or because we don't want to bother Him. I've spoken to people who haven't prayed for the situation they are in because there are people far worse off than me. Now, at one level, that might seem completely noble. You know, you're thinking of others before yourself. Absolutely. But what I want to say to you this morning is that God really wants to hear your prayers. He really does. He really wants you to come and ask. He doesn't want you just to to hold Him at a distance or or, or just to to, to pray for, for other things. He wants you to come with whatever's on your heart. Because what does it say in our passage? When you ask, it will be given to you. When you seek, you will find. When you knock, the door will be opened. Now, that's not to say that God will always answer your prayers the way that you want. That's not what Jesus is saying here. But the fact is that God is a good Father. He longs for you to come to Him and ask. And He delights to answer. Sometimes we think, you know, God doesn't want to answer my prayers. God is not really interested in me. He's not really interested in my situation. But that's not what we find in this passage, is it? And this is really clear from the last part of our passage, isn't it? Because in verses 11 through to 13, what does Jesus say? He says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Now, what he's making clear here is that it would be absurd for a parent to give a child something they didn't ask for and instead give them something horrible. Isn't that true? Can you imagine if you, you know, you were looking for fish for your dinner? You know, fish on a Friday, fish and chips, maybe? And you sit down to your dinner and, and there, there's a massive snake. What would that be? I wouldn't want to eat a snake anyway. It'd be horrible. Or if you ask, you know, I just fancy an egg with my bacon in the morning, and, you know, your wife, your husband, your parents, whoever it might be, says, oh, look, I've got your bacon, and there's a scorpion to go with it. How would you feel about that? And that's the point Jesus is making. That would be absurd, wouldn't it? We wouldn't do that. You see, this is the crux of the matter, because Jesus says, if you then, Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit 
to those who ask him. Now, when you hear those words, and maybe when Mary read those words, you're kind of bristling a wee bit at what Jesus says. Because what does Jesus say? If you then, even though you are evil. Now, remember here, who is Jesus speaking to? Is Jesus speaking to his opponents, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law? No. Is he speaking to the crowds? No, he's not. Who is he speaking to? The disciples. Tells us in verse 1, speaking to the disciples. He's speaking to those he is closest to. So Jesus is saying, if you then, though you are evil. Can you imagine saying this to your closest friends? By the, you know, if you, though you are evil. It seems very strange, doesn't it? But Jesus is pointing out a reality. You see, there's a huge mistake that generally humanity is good. That's the world's view. Generally, people are good. It's only people like Hitler who are bad or or Putin who are bad. But with the fall, sin has come into the world and taken grip. And we all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall into sin. And yet, and this is Jesus' point, even with our evil tendencies. We are still made in the image of God and we can still do good things. We still give good gifts to our children. And the contrast here that Jesus is making is between us on the one hand, who are fallen humanity, and God on the other hand, who is perfect, who is good, and who is our Heavenly Father. You see, we as fallen humanity are still capable of good actions. And therefore, do we not think God, who is a good God, who is a perfect God, who is a holy God, who is a sovereign God, is willing to answer our prayers? That's what Jesus is saying. Now, you might be surprised at the finish of that verse also, that the Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. In Matthew's version of of this story, Jesus says, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Why does Luke say the Holy Spirit? You might be thinking to yourself, where's the Holy Spirit? You know, we've not had the Holy Spirit mentioned throughout all these 13 verses. And then suddenly, at the end, the Holy Spirit. But the fact is, what do we need in our lives individually and as a church? We thought about this a few weeks ago. The thing that we really, really need in the church, the thing that we really, really need in the Church of Scotland, is more of God. That's what we need. Not more ministers, not more members. We need more of God. We need to know the presence of God in our midst. We need the Holy Spirit to indwell us and empower us and to comfort us. And so I want to say to you this morning is for the Christian The Holy Spirit is the greatest need. 
You see, Jesus is pointing towards what we should be asking for. You see, it's all very well to come with, before God with, a, with our shopping list of requests. But we've got to realize that God knows more than we do. That God knows what we need even before we've asked it. And the thing that we really, really need in our lives is more of the Holy Spirit. That's it. For the Christian, the Holy Spirit is our greatest need. You see, are you struggling in your Christian life? You need more of the Holy Spirit. Do you need comfort in your life because you're grieving and things are are really, really hard? Well, what does it say in the Bible? Who is the Holy Spirit? He is our comforter. He's the one who walks beside us, who infills us. So we need to ask. So this morning, are we a people who will ask God? who will seek after him in prayer. If you're a parent here, you know how to give good gifts to your children. Do we not trust that God can give good gifts to us? Do we not trust that God can give the Holy Spirit to us? What a change it would make to our individual lives and to our corporate life in the church if we ask for the Holy Spirit's empowering. I truly believe that with all my heart. There's a gospel song which uh, I like. And it's, uh, it's a kind of country song. And it's uh, about uh, a man who, who works in the church. He's like a church officer. And he goes around cleaning and moving the chairs, a bit like what Jim does uh, in the church here. And as he, he goes around the church, he spends time praying, praying in the building when when no one else is there. And the lyrics of the song say this, the congregation will never see this simple man who still believes he can change the world just by saying please. Do you believe this morning that you can change the world just by saying please? I believe that this morning because God wants us to come to him, to ask of him, and to put our faith and trust in him. And when we ask, we can surely be assured that he will give good gifts to his children, including his Holy Spirit. Shall we just pray together? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask for forgiveness for those times when we have been afraid to ask. Those times when we have been concerned about praying for others, but even though we have been in pain perhaps in our own situation, that we've not thought to come and to pray to you. Either because our view of you is too small, or because we think we don't want to bother you, But Father, in this parable and in this passage today, we see that Jesus is encouraging us to come and to ask, to seek, to knock. And we know that when we ask, you will surely answer. When we seek, we will surely find. When we knock, then the door will be opened unto us.
And so, Heavenly Father, we pray that with shameless audacity, no matter what time of day it is, no matter what we're going through in our lives, that we would be willing to come before you and to ask. And that we would know that you are a good, good Father. That you are a good God who cares for us, who wants to bless us. And Heavenly Father, we're really struck by the end of this passage. How Jesus says that, surely God, you will give us the Holy Spirit for all who ask. Heavenly Father, we recognize that the Holy Spirit is the greatest need that we, have, we need in our lives. As individuals and as a church. And Heavenly Father, we thank you that when we believe and trust in Jesus for our salvation, that we all receive the Holy Spirit. And yet sometimes we are a bit like dry sponges. And we need to be filled with the Spirit again, that we might be overflowing with your love and with your goodness. So, Heavenly Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would come, that your Holy Spirit would infill us and move among us as a church and empower us and comfort us. We thank you so much, Lord God, that you're a good God. And we thank you that when Jesus ascended to your right hand, that we were not left as orphans here on earth, But you gave us the Holy Spirit. Father, Holy Spirit, come. Come and dwell among us, we pray. And hear all these our prayers. In Jesus' name. Amen.